Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, welcome to the show. So amazing to have you on the show this morning. How are you this morning, Minnie? I'm so good. I'm cold, but I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what's this about being cold? I mean, it's just normal for this time of year, isn't it? You know? It is, but <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that I feel... Look, I love the cold. I had to learn to love the cold. But okay. naturally, I'm like, give me sunshine all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I'm in a room full of Queenslanders right now. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I like summer. It's my favorite time of year. What are you thankful for this morning, Minnie? So many things. Actually, quick quick little thing. I was listening to a podcast the other day and it said, if you, um, if you only woke up tomorrow with what you thank God for today, what would you have? And so I've been a little like gratitude kick. Okay. Yeah. And so, cool. But one of the things I'm so thankful for, I was at a bridal shower yesterday and I've just realized I have so many friends who are couples who are just amazing. Like... I have other other friends who you know they'll complain about their personal and they just they just exude Jesus just as as who they are and it's just really really beautiful and I was thinking about it because I was at the thing yesterday I was like man thank you Jesus for that like, oh that's awesome yeah. <laughs> bridal shower is always something amazing to uh, be a part of I'm super thankful that we are back on air this morning we've had a little bit of a break while we mm. sorted out a technical issue and uh, that came up kind of unexpectedly we weren't able to give you any. Uh, forewarning of that, but we are back on air here on Faith FM. And I have to say that uh, the team here, we have missed you all. We have missed hanging out with you as we go through our breakfast uh, time period, but we are super glad that we are back. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Mini, mm-hmm. what is happening in the world of positively different news? Okay, so... I was saying to you before, I heard about this only just recently. Um, There was a girl, she was, I think when she was 22, um, she moved out of home, um, her name was Hannah Buchaner, I want to say. Yeah, so she moved out of home, um, starts to get really anxious and depressed and doesn't want to tell her family because she was like, oh, they're going to think, you know, I should have it all together. So she starts going, I'm just going to journal about it. And she was trying to do it on the train, but she kept seeing these people and she was like, oh. Maybe I'll just write to them. And she starts writing these love letters to complete strangers. And then just, you know, just like... Whoa, 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 whoa. So she... Okay, so she just sees some random people. Yep. yep. And she just is going to share... Uh, just starts writing she, letters. How, did, how does she get, like, names and addresses? No, she doesn't. Or so emails, so she or... just started just leaving these random little notes in coffee shops and libraries and train stations and, you know, just all around the place. And then so this went on for a couple of years just on her own little thing. Um, and then she created a blog post, uh, blog spot thing. Cool. And people started kind of reading what she was sharing and going, hey, da da da. And so then she would find out their details and write them, you know, complete strangers, just this love, like, just, just affirming them, just, yeah. you know, just speaking into what they're going through. And then people started to nominate, hey, can you write to my friend? Um, can you write to my family member? Can you? And then it has just become this whole massive initiative. Um, where, yeah, just people wanted to volunteer. I mean, now she's got a bit of a hub. You know, she's written a couple of books, but I just heard about it, and I was like, that's so cool. Um, 
I mean, obviously, this year we've gone through the coronavirus thing, and yeah, I think that has been really a lot of people... triggered, you know, what can we do? How can we connect? Um, but I kind of love that this was just her personal journey before other people, you know, she was really sharing that. She just started going, okay, how do I... How do I bring life into this situation? I love how I love how some people just see a random situation, mm. and you know, a lot of us would probably overthink it. I know yeah. I would. I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, I can write a random letter and leave it on the seat of the train here, and someone might pick it up." But you know, seriously, how many lives am I going to affect by that? So it's not worth my yeah, effort. Yeah, yeah. But this is actually has definitely shown to be worth the effort because this person has you know, affected a lot of lives and it's become a massive thing now. Absolutely. And I mean... You sort of look, never know where your, your your kindness and goodness is going to end up. Sorry, I butted in. No, no, it's absolutely. And I just think there's something like, it's really special to get... I mean, I love getting letters. Like there's something about a handwritten note, even if it's just short and sweet, but the fact that it's just to a complete stranger at times, I'm just like, well done you. Like, you go. <laughs> we need more humans like this. Absolutely. Fantastic. No, that's, that's, that's great, Minnie. What else is happening? Well, actually, so just recently, um, coronavirus have been up in Queensland with my parents because I haven't seen them for a long time. So I've just come back, you know, this weekend down to New South Wales. And on the way, I caught up with my cousin who is very into motorbikes. Um, cool. So this, so this yes. is the story of like someone I was talking to. Uh-huh. Like, um, I'm anyway, listening. I know not a thing about cars, motors, motorbikes, any of these things. So I'm always very excited when she tells me, but it means nothing to me. You have my attention. <laughs> no, nah, so she is a nurse. She works in... Oh, I'm not sure if it's the ER, but it's to do with, you know, critical care patients. And um, yeah, and so I was just talking to her and she was telling me that she was really wanting to get in, get this new bike. And what was the situation? It's I can't remember what she said it's called, but it's where they sell new models for the price of used models, essentially. Okay. So there was this really it's a wholesale. It could be that. I don't, it could be, it could be a wholesale be place. Yep. Um, but anyway, there's this bike. She's like, oh, I really want to go, but I just don't have the time and I'm just exhausted. Or exhausted da, da, da. Anyway, she has a few different people she's met, I guess, through Facebook groups. You know, we just go ride together and, you know, some of them are just randoms, but you at least you know you have common ground, right? Yeah. Anyway, so there was this one person that she's met through that and um, they're like, hey, I just really think you should go look at it. And she's like, oh, look, like these things don't last. Like I, for sure this is going to sell out. Like I just don't, I don't have the time. I can't get there. So I was like, no, 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 honestly, like, just go, just go, just go check it out. So she's like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go. So she goes and there's this bike that's still there. This is the one that she wants. Like, she loves it. And um, so she goes, hey, um, yep, I'm going to get it. And they're like, sweet. Um, she's like, I'll put down the posit- deposit, which is like 200 bucks. And they're like, oh, no, you already have. And she's oh? like, no. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we held it for you because we knew you were coming in. Like, <gasps> And, um, yeah, so it turns out this person um, just – just put down, paid the deposit just so she could have the option of looking at it even if she didn't buy it. Oh, you've got to be joking. Nah. And I was just like, oh, that's so... And apparently this person, him and his girlfriend, they, like that's just who they are as people. Like it's not even necessarily about the financial aspect of it. It's just we want you have, to have the chance to da-da-da. And um, yeah, and she didn't know. And she was like, who the heck did this? And then she was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, this person was like, you know, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And... So anyway, so now she has this bike, which she loves. And I think it's very pretty, even though I know nothing about motorbikes. I'm like, oh, this is a nice one. Is she like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? But, How big is the engine? Oh, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> it's a green motorbike. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. Okay, so is it a is it a is it a trail bike like for up the bush, like going off road, or is it a road bike? No, I'm sure it's a road bike. She did have a dirt bike, but then I think it's she's just got this as a road so, bike. So this is a road bike. But now she wants to get another. So we're dirt getting bike. closer. We're getting closer <laughs> to what it actually is. All right, is it is it is it like a cruiser or a crotch rocket? What does that mean? Okay, so. Um, <sighs> A cruiser, you sort of sit back, relax, you know, like your Harley Davidson style. Oh, no, nah, it's not that. Okay, so it's like, okay, cool. It's just, I don't know. It's just very electrical. Like, there's just lots of little gadgety things that okay. I was like, this is awesome until it breaks down and then you have to pay to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> like all modern machinery these of days. Of course. Yeah, it's not for me, but no, it's. Yeah, Did you get a ride on it? No, nah, we would have, but she had just come back from night duty and we're like, eh, better not. You know, yep. there's the factor of being tired and. Um, but she's like, you have to come. I'm like, all righty. Um, have, you, have you ever gone for like a, a decent cruise on a motorbike? I have. My uncle, when I was a kid, had one. And I was like, this is all I want. But my mum had this rule for all us kids was if you want a motorbike, then you have to build your own coffin first. <laughs> and she was legit. She was like, no, no. <laughs> Till that point in time. Fair enough. Maybe one go. day. Maybe one day. What about yeah. you? Are you a motorbike person? I, know I love motorbikes. Person. I've never owned. Have I ever owned a motorbike? I've, I've had a lot of motorbikes. Um. But ridden a lot of motorbikes. <laughs> I've never bought a motorbike. Put it that way. I've never mm. paid money for a motorbike. Yeah, I've had <laughs> I've had a few motorbikes, but never paid money for one. Which probably speaks to the quality of the motorbikes that I've had, and <laughs> also um, speaks to the fact that I don't have a license to ride one on the road because you know when you're kind of given hand me downs, they're not the kind of thing you go like, yeah, I'll go mm. and get a license for this. It's like, no, nah, I'm just going to thrash this around the bush and yeah. have some fun until it dies. And then when it's dead, I will get rid of it and throw it away. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, joining us on the show this morning for uh, as a monthly uh, regular is Dr. John Ashton. Dr. John Ashton, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, all. Now, um, Dr. John Ashton, we have an interesting question that we would like to talk about this morning. You've been talking to us um, yeah, for quite a while now on a, on a monthly basis about uh, creation and the flood and the scientific basis uh, for you know, creation and flood and so forth. Living here in Australia, we often hear about you know, our Indigenous community that um, have populated this country for the last 40,000 years and yet the biblical narrative says that the flood took place around about four and a half thousand years ago. What do we do with this problem? Yes, well I think um, the popularization of these ancient dates uh, for the indigenous uh, cultures in Australia um, is is just one example of the um, sort of indoctrination of the community that's taking place in terms of the very old ages. So what we need to do is we need to look at how are these old ages determined because they're certainly in conflict with the um, the, the biblical dates. Um, I think the oldest ages now reported in Australia are about 65,000 years and therefore footprints that um, uh, have been found in, um, in different parts and dated with the uh, geological rock. But generally, um, these uh, very old dates are coming uh, from dating uh, the charcoal in fires or particularly um, the uh, 
sub, the chemical calcium oxalate associated with crusts, mineral crusts associated with rock art. And so the, this is actually... Hello, we've lost uh, we've lost John Ashton there. I'm not quite sure what's happening. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Let me just try this for a second. Uh, okay, just bear with us one moment. John, are you there on 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 the phone still or not? Nope. I'm gonna. We'll we'll. we'll hello, hello. We, we lost, we completely lost you there for a second. Let's see if we can get you back on the system. Just uh, bear with us one moment. Okay, Dr. John Ashton, are you there? Are you there? Hello? All right, let's try this then. Let me try a different system here. Let me go like this. Dr. John Ashton, are you there? Yes, yes, I can hear you live. Can you hear me Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're we're going to proceed in. We're going to proceed using this method. Okay. So we were talking a moment ago when we when you were cut off there. We were talking about um, we were talking about the chemical makeup of rock art. Okay. Yes. I, I know we're up to. Okay. So the uh, one of the key um, compounds that are analysed within the rock art or the the mineral crusts associated with the rock art is. Uh, a compound called calcium oxalate and the reason why they picked that is that the oxalate uh, radical from oxalic acid contains a lot of carbon and it's that carbon that is dated by radiocarbon methods so all these methods come back to radiocarbon dating of the compounds associated with that art but what we need to realise, and what usually isn't met- mentioned, is if we radiocarbon di- dinosaur remains as well, we get the same sort of dates. We get, you know, 25,000 years to somewhere uh, 40,000 years. If we radiocarbon date coal, we will get the same sort of dates, around uh, 40,000 years, um, these sort of ages for coal. And, John, we've lost you again. I'm not sure what is going on with our phone system here this morning. Uh, we thought it was our system, but we've eliminated our system, and it's just still cutting out. Um, what I might, We might just have to try calling back because... Okay, call, call back on my mobile just in case it's my internet. Okay, all right, we'll try that. Let's, um, let's just try a different number here for Dr. John Ashton. And let's see whether this will work. Okay, so we have uh, calling now. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we can uh, make the system work this time. All right, Dr. John Ashton, are you there this time? Yes, good morning, Rob. Okay, so where were we up to? We keep getting distracted here. This is turning in quite... um, Yes, okay. uh, The bottom line is with the dating of the indigenous sites whether they be the you know the charcoal in uh, in, in campfire sites or the ca- uh, calcium oxalate associated with rock art it's um it's still a, a form of carbon 14 dating and when we compare the results that they get you know anywhere it might be only 20,000 for some samples or 5,000 for other samples up to you know 40,000 we need to remember that if we uh, carbon date dinosaur remains, 
that are supposed to be millions of years old, we will get the same ages. If we carbon date coal, for example, we will get the same ages. And so really, this, is, this usually isn't discussed in this context because everybody wants to, to push back these ages. If we look at the calibration curves that are produced for carbon-14 dating, we need to remember that carbon-14 dating can't give us an absolute date. It has to be compared with some other relevant date that we know. And, um, you know, some of the top universities in the world are trying to produce these calibration curves all the, all the time. And when you look at the calibration curves, for example, uh, the other year I was looking at one produced by Cornell University researchers, and they're among the top, uh, you know, Cornell University probably ranks about fifth in the world in terms of universities. For the same carbon-14 analysis, they had three different dates, many years, you know, hundreds of years apart. For example, and they were only dating by uh, looking at dates back uh, to the time of Christ. So once we get older than that, it, it gets even more iffy. The other thing uh, with the uh, carbon-14 dates, or to give you another example, is uh, when I was uh, at, uh, at, at the university, one of my friends was doing his doctorate in the area of geochemistry. Um, and he had a sample of a prospector's uh, pick handle or shovel handle that had been partly fossilised but partly was still wood, uh, and uh, or partly petrified, I should say, so it was being turned to stone, but part was still wood. And so he had that uh, uh, sample of wood dated, and I think it came back, back about 6,500 years. So here we had a European, um, you know, pickaxe or shovel handle that was dated at six and a half thousand years. So, you know, and I remember we, uh, it was at the time when I was, you know, becoming a Christian and I remember we discussed this among ourselves, how can a European fossil handle be that old? You know, it was the oak tree that it was made from, you know, <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, had it died 6,000 years ago sort of thing. So and whereabouts, so where, knew, if I could just butt in for a moment, whereabouts was this pick handle found? It was found at a uh, gold-working deposit actually in New Zealand. So he was studying, I actually forget the name, but it was a, a an important gold field in New Zealand and he was studying the geochemistry of the gold field. Yeah, and so this is so not... In a, this, this is not something that's coming from the old world. This is something that's coming from the new world. So there's no way that... There's no oh, yes, way. yes. No, that, well, that, well, that's right. This is what we were discussing. This was, you know, European settlement of New Zealand. That's what, he was studying at the University of Tasmania, but his project site was actually in New Zealand. And, um, uh, and this is what I'm saying. This was a, a partly uh, a petrified... A shovel handle, so that's why he decided to have it dated, among with other things that he was studying. We're studying the whole geochemistry of the area, and I can still remember seeing the results. It was six uh, six thousand six hundred years. Uh, I forget the plus or minus figure, um, and that was the result determined by um, the CSIR, uh, the equivalent, the New Zealand equivalent of the CSIRO, anyway, whatever it was called back in those days. So. You know, this is one of the the classic examples that we have with the carbon-14 dating. 
And as we go back in time, we know, for example, that the Earth's magnetic field is responsible for the amount of, or affects the amount of carbon-14 in the atmosphere. And um, we know that the Earth's magnetic field has been declining uh, at a great amount. Um, uh, for example, 10% in the last 150 years. And so it's declining exponentially. And so a much stronger magnetic field in the past will give us much lower carbon-14 in the atmosphere, which in turn, if we analyse it today on the basis of the current carbon-14 levels, gives us artificially exaggerated ages in the past. And this is where this whole, you know, carbon-14 dating is very iffy. And, and, and because of this variation, because we actually don't know what the carbon-14 level was in the, um, in the past, uh, it makes it very difficult. So what scientists have to do is they have to actually carbon-14 date samples that they know from some other method is um, a particular age. But once we go back about uh, a couple of thousand years, we don't accurately know the dates of those samples. They're all based on, you know, other sort of uh, extrapolations. And so this is where the whole thing becomes very murky. If we look at known chronologies, the oldest recorded actual chronology is uh, was one that was recorded in uh, China. Um, it's reported in um, by one of the historians in the Encyclopedia Britannica many years ago. It was called the Bamboo Annals, the English translation, and um, it only went back to two thousand or nineteen hundred uh, years before Christ. That was the oldest chronology we, we have. And if we look at other um, Persian histories, Greek histories, um, they all, you know, just just disappear around about the time of, um, you know, uh, none of them go back more than about 2000 BC. Could I ask a question so on that, John? really interesting. Hmm? Could I just ask a quick question on that? Because... Yeah. Um, well, my question is, is the Chinese, um, the, the bamboo annals that goes back 1900 years, is that given a greater level of credibility in historical circles than the chronologies of the Bible? Well, no, it would be regarded equally, but it, the fascinating thing is that it says that that goes back to the founding of China. And the traditional person who founded uh, China traditionally was Noah. So it was said that Noah moved over there with some of the, his descendants to China. Well, that Noah was Fuxi. Mm, sure. This is fascinating. This is fascinating stuff. And when we look at the histories of, of Europe as well, they all go back to descendants of um, of Noah and his his three sons. And if you look at the table of nations there that is given in Genesis, so many of those um, sons are associated with the towns of of Europe and go back to that, that particular time. So it's very interesting when we, you know, attempt... Um, and, and I guess for the Indigenous people, uh, it gives them a, a sense of you know, being here for a long time, although I was certainly here, you know, well before the Europeans came here. Uh, but when we look at these dates, 
whether it applies to any civilization, Egyptian civilization or, you know, the Mayans or, or, or any of these civilizations, once we go back, once we try to date things with carbon-14 dating, we run into massive problems and we can't know. That's the bottom line, we can't know. And yet my, it's unfortunate, I think, that many people are throwing their uh, faith in the Bible away because they're being bombarded with all these, all these old dates. But we really need to understand that carbon-14 dating is a secondary method because they can't know the absolute level of carbon-14 that was in the atmosphere at that time that ended up going into the plants and the animals at that time. And, th and this is very, very important to, to understand. So we can't know absolute dates. Dr. And John Aston. Hmm. Yeah, sorry to butt in, but we are running out of time. Um, <laughs> no worries. Fascinating <laughs> as always. Just absolutely <laughs> fascinating material. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. You're welcome. All the best. Bye. That was uh, Dr. John Ashton with uh, information on carbon dating and the history of Australia. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, question of the day. What do we got? Question of the day. Okay, so the question is, the context being the woman at the well and her fellow Samaritans, who are those who laboured in John 4, chapter 4, verse 35 to 39? Okay, so to understand that, we're going to go to John chapter 4, and we're going to read what it says here in John chapter 4, 35 to 39. The Bible says, Jesus says, Don't say there are four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal. And both he that sowed and he that reap may rejoice together. Um, and herein is that saying true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored and you are and you are entered into their labors. So the person wants to know, okay, who is, you've, you've got two groups here. You've got mm. the laborers and the reapers. Yeah. So obviously the laborers are the ones who have, you know, cultivated the soil, they've sown the seed, they have tended the crop. Um, all the way through, but they don't get to do the reaping. It's Jesus and his disciples who get to do the reaping. Mm. And, of course, when you look at this in the context of the woman at the well, you've got a situation where Jesus turns up and has a conversation with this woman, and she's fully ripe. She is ready to reap. She is uh, she's, she's ready to receive the gospel right then and there because others have labored yes. already. And so the questioner wants to know who are those other laborers. I mean, we don't have record of a whole bunch of disciples who were going around before Jesus and mm -hmm. his 12 disciples and who were working hard to create a harvest. And if you look at Jesus, you know, Jesus was there for three and a half years. And if you count that as being a harvest, and of course, there are many harvests and harvesting continues. Mm. Um, your harvest period is a very short period compared to a very long period of cultivation. So the question is, who is it that has done the long period of cultivation to prepare these people for the harvest? Another really good example is the Ethiopian eunuch mm -hmm. who comes to Jerusalem to worship. So he's a worshipper of Yahweh. He's not a worshipper of you know Ethiopian gods. Mm -hmm. um, he comes there to worship. And when Philip meets him, he's ready to harvest. Yes. Okay, so the answer is very simple. The laborers who have prepared the harvest 
are the prophets oh. and the writers yep. of the Old Testament of the Bible. Right. Because these people were prepared by mm. the Word of God. Now, of course, the most recent of those prophets in the context of Jesus' statement here was John the Baptist. Yes. But he's part of a long line. He's coming towards the end. You know, you go back to Moses and Moses starts to, to cultivate the ground. And then you've got other prophets down through history that are, you know, cultivating the soil and planting the seeds and, you know, nurturing the plants and so forth. All of them are preparing for Jesus Christ. The entire sanctuary service has been preparing people for the last couple of thousand years for the coming of Jesus mm. Christ. Yeah. And so these are your laborers that have prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ so that when Jesus turns up, all they've got to do is go out and harvest. Now, it's a very, very different kettle of fish when the gospel goes to the Gentiles. Yes. Because when the gospel goes to the Gentiles, you've got to start from scratch. Mm. Okay, you, you come to a Jewish person and you're not going to do a Bible study on the law of God, for instance, because they already know they've the law of God. It. They know about the Sabbath. They know about the state of the dead. They know about, you know... All of the stuff, all you've got to do is add in Jesus Christ and they're good to go. Yes. The Gentiles, of course, they're starting from scratch. And so when Paul goes to the Gentiles, then you have a situation where, yeah, he starts by cultivating the soil and planting the seed and so mm -hmm. forth. And you've got that whole, you know, Apollos, Peter, Paul, they all work together. Same scenario right there.